Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're just going to have a couple of handsome fellas talking intellectual about what's going on in the weekend. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast Weekend Poppin'. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by my best bud, Party Boy Pete McCormick. Party Boy Pete, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, Methalamil. I'm ready to get started. Very good. We have another special guest, our good buddy Stu Band, Steve Cabot's on the show. Stu Benz, how you feeling, my man? Feeling like the weekend is close, buddy. The weekend is close. Goddamn right. All right, well, this is the Working Inspectors Podcast. Weekend popping. Let's get started. Let's go. All right. Okay. All right. Let's chat. So, Stu Bands, we had you, your, your interview. We broke into two episodes. Part one aired last Tuesday. Tell me your thoughts. What do you think? Uh, I mean. I mean, yeah. Listening to yourself talk sometimes is uh, frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I apparently I have a very feminine voice, which doesn't match my large size. When I first heard it, I'm like, what the hell is going on? People are listening to this thing, like, they're just thinking, like, how many dicks has it caught this weekend? Dude, Pete, really? And they, probably I mean... hear Pete, they probably hear you, Pete, and they think you're five foot seven, a buck thirty soaking wet. Yeah. I know, yeah. yeah like, when yeah. I first heard my voice, I'm like, well, no one known listened to me when I was a bouncer. They just heard my voice, I'm like, yeah, whatever, dick face, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, all right. <laughs> In all fairness, Pete, I have seen you while working, not knowing you were working, and I oh, yeah. listened to you. <laughs> I listened to you while extremely inebriated. Good times, good times. I think I think I was actually officially, uh, I don't know what you were doing, but the head bouncer saw me talking to you, like, is that your buddy? I'm like, yeah. He's like, just keep an eye on him. I'm like, all right. So then my whole job was just following Steve around, make sure he didn't do anything. <laughs> what, was this at McFadden? This was at McFadden's at the ballpark. Yes, yeah. Yes. Oh my yes. God. And I sadly, I sadly feel like that's happened more than <laughs> once in my life without me knowing the bouncer. I just get one assigned to me and I turn around. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck's yeah. we're like, sir, we just have to make sure you don't assault any of the other customers. Uh <laughs> <laughs> then he ends up being like you know your buddy after that you guys talk for you know the next five years hang out all the time You're like oh i just met this bouncer like, one night he wouldn't leave me alone now he's fucking best man at my wedding i don't know how it happened i'm like listen buddy do you see the size of me most likely i'm getting beat up so chill the fuck out all right <laughs> they don't, hey man people don't know that's the one thing so i remember talking to someone about this right imagine you're in a bar Right. And you're doing whatever. And you've picked this, you pick a fight with this five foot four Filipino guy who turns out to be <laughs> fucking Manny Pacquiao. You know what I mean? Right. And like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like you don't fucking know. You there, don't fucking there know. There was a, uh, I do have a similar story. When I was bouncing at Third Street, uh, McFadden's at Third Street back in the day, there was a, a fairly uh, famous MMA fighter locally who's, who's not a big guy. You know, he's a lightweight. And one big guy kept talking shit to him. And eventually they're like, all right, you want to go outside? And he said, okay. And he kicked him in the head. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a game changer right there. Like yes. when a five foot six guy just kicks you in the head and knocks you out. Oh yeah. It was a music they stop, you know, record screech. Like I'm like, all right. Well, you know, the, the, the legendary tales of Frankie Edgar, he was that guy in uh, seaside Heights. <laughs> People would go down the shore. They would go into the bar, see five foot five, 110 pound Frankie and go, I'm going to beat the snot out of this kid. And the bouncers would look at him and go, not Frankie, dude. Like, pick somebody yeah. else. Yeah. And yeah. these guys would go, yeah, no, I'm taking him out. He's like, we'd walk outside. Frankie would kick him one time in the body just to be polite. The person would fold in half and realize, what am I doing? That's a world-class professional fighter. Yeah. Wow. 
Damn. I remember who was the kid. So uh, uh, I know we're bird walking, but who is the kid? Uh, he wrestled at Penn. He, we wrestled with him in midgets. And I remember seeing him like bouncing one night or something. Oh, Brett McCurdy. That's it. He was like yeah. a small guy too, but he's one of those. He would fuck. He would destroy somebody. You know. Yeah, I, I ran into him. Yeah. He was like bouncing at uh, the Irish, uh, the Irish pub, and I'm like, holy shit! Like Brett, you're still like a 125 pounder. Now you're man in the door. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they see those ears. I'll tell you. Yeah, what. yeah, that's what it they is. Know. People see the ears. They, they, they know right the away, deal. They know. They know the deal. Yeah, it doesn't matter how big you are. As soon as the people nope. people see the ears, they're like, "All right, yep, all right, we'll uh, we'll just stay away, stay away." Yep, get out of here. <laughs> this is what should happen. I tell you what, man. The like, I don't know you, I, and also like, it is to be said, and I think you all would agree. Like, some of the probably the most badass dudes I know or I've ever met are probably the fucking some of the nicest dudes I know too. Probably, so might so be Rogan's, like Rich Lotto, Rogan's right? Theory. Yes. Rogan's like theory too on the whole thing too, is that, you know, guys that are in there training and banging all the time. One, not only are they confident in their ability, like, what am I doing? I'm just going to beat some poor ass kids ass for no reason. Like better be a real reason. The other thing is they yeah. get their aggression out in, you know, the, the training room. Like they're, they don't need to prove themselves. It's like me. The last thing I want to do when I go out to the bar is hear somebody asking me about their fucking transmission or something, you know? Yeah. Like the last thing those guys want to do is get back into fighting. They're like, fuck this noise. Like I've been doing this for fucking 20 hours a yeah. week, dude. Leave me alone. Oh, dude, I threw I 500 yeah. dabs today. I threw another yes. 200 hooks. Like, uh, my <laughs> Leave me alone, buddy. Leave me the yeah. fuck alone. Plus, too, we're all just trying to talk to chicks. So, like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know, like. Exactly. Get out of my way. The whole reason I'm training all week is so I could go talk to chicks on Friday, you know. Like, yeah. come on. Get it, you know, get it right. Yeah. I don't need to fucking hug you anymore. I'm hugging enough guys at jujitsu. I don't need yeah. you. How about it, man? That is the truth. But, okay. So, I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, I do want to give a shout out to all the dozens and dozens of Working Perspectives podcast listeners to let you know that we have surpassed 2,000 downloads on the podcast platforms. Uh, All right. We wrote, like, that's not including YouTube. It's just on the podcast platforms. So we surpassed 2,000. They say the first 1,000 is the hardest. So we've only been up for a couple months, and we've already passed 2,000. I can't thank everyone enough for for all the support and listening. Uh, The number one viewed episode still is the Pete McCormick part one. So anyone Ooh. wants to try and beat that, that'd be great. Now you, well, uh, depending- you can do it. You can do it, Steve. I got confidence in you. Hey, you guys, <laughs> you guys want to, as long as we can blank, uh, blank names out. So I don't criminate anyone. You want some story filled episode. I'll give you some fucking life in the life and times of a uh, wild North Wales kid. Hey, I, <laughs> we, should make, we should make that a, a whole new podcast. <laughs> this is the life the, the names have been changed to protect the innocent the <laughs> i can be. hear the court noise in the background <laughs> i'm not gonna lie though we did talk about uh the one so me and me and pete we recorded an episode last night and it was fascinating stuff really good stuff we recorded it with he's a, a professional artist named rocco Definis. really really good stuff but then me, when I was talking with you, Steve, you mentioned how your ex is a court stenographer. And I'm Correct. not going to, dude, I'm not going to lie. How, and I just saw the look on Pete's face. What an intriguing, intriguing profession. profession. Wow. Uh, the stories, the stories that I've heard and witnessed and read through are absolutely, uh, you could make a movie out of every other case because it's Philly too. So, you know, the crime is uh, wild. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> plus two, plus two, man, like not even like not even the crazy crime stories and all that stuff. Really just how it works, because that's just one of those things like like I don't know how many times I've seen a court reporter on TV or whatever. And I'm like, how do they get paid? Like, what are yeah. the benefits like? Like who well, where, do they have a union like all that, you know? Yeah. And do you think they had like a bunch of like anti recording device posters, like keep uh, re- tape recorders out of the courtroom? Because like I, I don't understand why we still so have the court stenographer. So here, here's oh, wow. how here's their here's their retort. That's exactly what 95 percent of people say. And the, yeah. the way that the reason why they're still in there is because lawyers, usually defense or prosecution that are losing or winning a case. Uh, uh, when you hear it off of a recording and it puts it down the, two things. First, when you hear it on a recording. You never it's kind of hard to lose context of what was going on. And the other okay. uh, the other one is uh, you still have to transcribe that. So yeah. those guys aren't going to they can't they're not going to take the tape, the raw tape recording and listen to it. Some poor girl still has, has to take to. that and transcribe it onto a piece of paper so that they can have yeah. a record so that you yeah. can send it to ah. reporters. You could send it for them to keep in their filing in case they, uh, yeah. you know, have a, a revision or 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 a uh, appeal. Yeah. They got to have that's that how they make down, money, so. right? Yeah. yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. As somebody who's been burned uh, using voice to text a couple of times, I realize yep. that technology isn't where it needs to be. We've, all been, we've all been there. And yeah. Then the other that, thing is when people start talking sure. over each other, you can't really, you can't decipher it. Ah, where yeah, she can, hear it yeah. where she's in there, she raises her hand and says, does anybody want to get this court case right? Because if so, you shut the fuck up while he's talking and vice versa. Oh, no <laughs> shit. So she, so she like, or I'm saying she, but the stenographer, has that a th- oh really really so that's, that's one the, thing they don't do like when you see it in movies TV. And shit and TV, yep. it's just some old lady like on the side click 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 but they're really fucking running the show right oh like, yeah because everybody yep. needs them when it comes down to it yep. the records is everything wow that's fascinating yep that's fast plus two like I mean, it's to be said, like, you could, you know, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's above a lawyer to fucking doctor a tape. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's true. You, have to have, you have to have an impartial uh, third party. It's almost expected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if my lawyer, if my lawyer's not doing that for me, then I don't want him. They're not cheating. You ain't not cheating. Trying. You ain't trying. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. The lay so, of the land. That's it, brother. So, uh, so like uh, like we were saying, the uh, the Steve Cabot duo part one was released last Tuesday. Really did well. Really got some really good feedback on it, man. Steve, can't thank you enough. And that honestly still doesn't scratch the surface. We have part two coming out next Tuesday which is going to be another banger. Can't wait, man. More great stuff. And we really get in depth of like, like I, one of the best things I love about doing this show is what we get to learn and all the cool stuff. Like really when we, when we were talking to Steve, like, you know, obviously I, I, when I ever do anything on a motive, I see it from the outsider's point of view and things like that. Getting to see Steve, like do his thing and really get like an in-depth look of what life is like in the auto garage and things like that. Really fascinating stuff. Can't wait for people to hear it. But enough of that. I want to get on to something new. I, on the show right now, I know that I've brought up that I've fought in the cage and I've boxed and all that stuff and everything. But right now, two of the guys that are on are basically MMA fascinated historians. You know, they could talk about it all day. So we have two major fights coming up. I know in two weeks we have Ben Askren versus Jake Paul, which, I mean, say what you want. It is a major fight. It is everyone is talking about it. Say what the fuck you want. I know he's a YouTuber and and Ben Askren's Ben Askren. 
but it's it's that, Ben Askren's biggest payday, and it's a major fight. Go ahead, Pete. See, I'm I'm actually nervous about this because I I think Jake Paul's going to knock him out. Pete. Yeah, <laughs> and it's going to make wrestlers look so bad. We're going to look oh, so horrible. Oh, man. It's like, dude, you've been training for how long, and you still can't throw a punch, and now you're going to go in a punching-only fight like against a guy yeah. that's actually pretty good and pretty athletic? Like, yeah. nah. <laughs> so yeah. here's here's my my, my uh, take is uh, similar to that. I just watched him on uh, one of my favorite guys, Brendan Schaub. Yeah. At, uh, he has a, he has food truck diaries. It's yeah. a, uh, they do fighters. He just had a uh, really good uh, aspirin on and aspirin was talking about it. He flat out said, he said, look, I'm going to be real honest with you. If this kid can box at a high level, I'm he's going to beat my ass. And he's like, but Jesus. I'm betting on that not happening. He goes, because I've trained for over a decade to fight some of the most athletic and talented strikers. Remember this, some of the most Douglas Lima, Guys like Robbie Lawler, he's fought in the cage with some of the most incredible knockout artists that the world's ever seen. And besides Jorge Masvidal and that, you know, the knee, he's never been put to sleep. So he's like, he's like, so this kid with two years training, I'm just, you know, again, I'm a betting man. He goes, and I bet that he can't knock me the fuck out. I know that. He goes, so what I'm going to do is I know his conditioning. He's had two fights. I I hear sparring. I hear, we all know, If, if you know, you know. You can do whatever you want for your cardio, but it's it's just yep. not the same the, when you pressure's the, on, yeah, lights yeah. are on. Yeah, and he goes, that so adrenaline dump. Do, oh yep. yeah, he's like he said he's probably going to do pretty well. My thought is he'll do pretty well in the first two rounds, maybe three rounds, and yeah. outbox me. And then he's going to start to realize that I press forward and I'm leaning on him. And I'm me and Matt were talking about this. The ref does is a big yeah. factor of it too. Big time. But he wears wears him down and then eventually he's like eventually he's going to be in too deep of water and i've been there a billion times he's like he has no idea what the pressure is like with a real athlete and again this is where shab said just take out the names and let me run down each his list of accomplishments yeah and you wouldn't even be there wouldn't even be a question on who's winning this there wouldn't i don't yeah. care if he's boxed for two years the other kid was a fucking olympian in wrestling yeah. has fought some of the most dangerous humans on the face of the earth and has yeah. never been knocked out besides Jorge. Yeah. And and to be to be fair, being knocked out by Masvidal isn't really a blemish. You know, like, come yeah. on. The guy's a fucking yeah. stud. But He's also fighting for too, a title. Yeah. Go ahead, it, it, Pete. It, I think the thing is, we, we've all also, we've all seen after fight multiple times. And yep. he's the guy, he's just going to die for your leg. And if he gets the leg, you can't get him off. I've yep. never seen him throw a combination that looked any, like, where, like, that oh. put the fear into any of his opponents. Dude, I agree. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I saw pictures of him or saw a video of him doing hands, Bag like throwing work. hands. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't I, good. I hope you, I, in my mind, I was like, he's got to be joking. This is, a yeah, he's, he's trolling. He's a, he's a professional. Oh, yeah. oh my That's God. the only thing. He's like, yeah, unless he just, unless all this stuff is leading up to this, like it's the greatest troll job. He's like 10 years. No one thinks I can throw a punch. So now I can knock out the YouTube guy. Dude, the, the greatest setup. Yeah. The greatest, the greatest uh, uh, co- commentary between his fights because he's it, it makes for a great fight because obviously Jake Paul can talk shit and obviously Aspirin yeah. is the man at it. Oh, so yeah. uh, he was saying uh, the funniest part was when they were talking about the yes, Jorge Masvidal about their fight and he literally says what they were go- doing right before the fight. Which if people remember, Jorge was laying against the cage all casual with his hands behind his back and you know uh, Aspirin's ready to run out and he kind of nods at him and they were like, "What was that about?" And he goes, "I looked at him and I went." You, uh, because he goes, you know, he's all he is is a wrestler, so all he wants to do is sniff my crotch. So I looked at him and I said, You ready to sniff my crotch? And he said, Yeah, I'm ready. And I said, Okay, and I ran out and I need him. <laughs> <laughs> you ready to come sniff my crotch? That's what he calls a takedown. 
Oh, that's so great. Gotta that's love Masvidal. So great. Oh, I fucking I love Masvidal. Fucking love him. So he's a beast, dude. That's. I'll tell you one thing though, and and I don't care what anyone's saying. These fucking Paul brothers, they got their shit right. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, they're. Like I don't, I don't know if you guys realize this, but they were actually good wrestlers. Like well, yeah. one of them took, I think, sixth place in Ohio State's, and the other yeah. one was a state qualifier. So like, it's not yeah. like they were scrubs, you know? Like they, they, uh, they were decent wrestlers for sure. I yeah. mean, they wouldn't have made it out of regionals in PA, but you know, in Ohio, yeah. they can make the states. <laughs> but no, I was thinking. I remember it was on the uh, they wrestled in Ohio and everything like that. And on the Brandon Hill episode, I had brought up the possibility of I would love to have something like them do a pay-per-view where it's a wrestling meet where there's an argument between Ohio wrestlers and Pennsylvania wrestlers, which ones are better Then we get a team of PA wrestlers. No one that was in the Olympics and maybe could have wrestled like D two D three in college. Right. But never like nothing great. And you get a team of regular PA wrestlers. I, you know, and he gets a team of regular Ohio wrestlers and then they have a pay-per-view where it's a wrestling meet pay-per-view I think that would be, I think that would be awesome. And you could have a ton of people there, but dude, what they're doing, the Paul brothers, what they're doing with selling the, the pay-per-view fights, these kids are next level. They're next level, you know? And like, that was the thing. Like when they got into like college, they just started going to the YouTube, like who, I can't remember which one of the first one was, but one of them went to YouTube right away. And then the other one followed shortly after. And they've been like crushing it on there ever since. Yeah. I think Logan's the older one. So I think it was him. Logan's the older one. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. And they've both been killing it and, and doing their thing. And they're major, like they're major icons for kids their age. Like I have a kid, I, I train in boxing. Right. And he's big time into like, he's the one that was telling me about him. Like I had no idea who the Paul brothers were. And, and he was telling me about his first fight with the, the, the rapper, the British Nate guy. Robin. The, no, the Logan K- Paul. KDL or whatever. KSL. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that Logan Paul was the first one to do the pay-per-view. Then his brother and his brother was on the undercard of the first one. And then his brother knocking out Nate Robinson. Forget it. Forget it. That's the lit of like that's a highlight reel he can show for the rest of his life. That kid just made his whole career on that, man. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, the, the, these guys took their lessons from pride back in the day. The circus fights get all the, uh, the attention, you know, dude, <laughs> they t- dude, if, if they're so smart, they're marketing it like WWE, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they have the platform they have, all they have to do is put out a minute video on TikTok, yeah. a five minute video of them training on YouTube. Well, right? it's like M- McGregor's the guy in the UFC to kind of realize that the marketing and all that, because like, there's no way he should have ever been in a ring with uh, Floyd Mayweather, but he sold him off so much that like eventually that was Floyd's biggest payday and probably his easiest mm-hmm. payday too. He just like mm-hmm. walked through him. This is this will be, and this was shocking to me when they said it on on Brandon uh, Shop mm-hmm. on his show, Food Truck Diaries. Ben Askren flat out said, "This is the biggest payday of his career." Crazy, well, well, fucking yeah. about that guy was guy was a world champion over in one championship, which is based out of uh, Singapore. Yeah. And yeah, you know yeah, how yeah. and you know how Asia fucks with fighting. Like oh, they yeah. fuck they fuck with fighting more than almost any any culture there is. So yeah. for yeah. him to be a world champion in Asia and his biggest paid that fighting guys who would literally kill normal humans. Yeah. Now he gets to fight some fucking jabroni wrestler slash YouTuber who's been boxing for two <laughs> years and he gets paid more than he ever has. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, that just shows, hey man, that's the power of the internet, brother. Like, power of the people. 
Like you've listened. Yeah, that, was, I, yeah, that, I, yeah, that was. I mean, the first big name I remember was Kimbo Slice. Like when in the OC was already yeah. big, but everyone was like, Kimbo Slice dude, was the biggest uh, guy. Dude, I bet yep. it was the number one at the time. That was the number one season of The Ultimate Fighter when Kimbo was on there, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. It's like and that, no, was Shab's Ortiz. Yep, that was Shab's year too. That was Shab's year. Shab was there. Roy Nelson ended up winning and beating Shab uh-huh. in the finals. Yeah, yep. I remember that. Knocking I remember Pete. We watched yeah, that right. together. We watched that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was like so I Shab- I'd always liked Roy Nelson. I'd followed him forever, but I he uh-huh. never showed KO power until Shab, no. and then all of a sudden he mm-hmm. came over Shab. I'm like. Where was this overhand right the past decade? Right. Yeah. And then he unleashed it. Shab tells the funniest story ever about that episode. He tells a story that uh, he oh, was uh, when he was on the like- team. And he's, yeah. I told Matt this. He was on the team. Or he's getting right for the final. So it's down to him and Roy Nelson. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Or he's getting right for a semifinal yeah, fight. So there's only four guys left. All these other guys got eliminated. And he said that there was the one dude got really, really drunk. Because yeah. they usually, when you, people don't know, once you get eliminated, you still stay in the house until it's over. They need training partners, everything else. Right, it's right. not like you lose, you're out. You lose, you still stay there. So he's like, they're getting hammered because they don't have to worry about fighting. He says, uh, the one guy gets blacked out and starts dropping the N-word, right? <laughs> so a couple guys in there, including Kimbo, were like, yo, we're going to beat the shit out of this dude. So yeah. they walk in, and uh, for people that have seen Brendan Schaub, he's all white, but does not look. <laughs> so yeah. he goes, he goes, Kimbo, Kimbo walks in. He goes, I'm dead asleep because I have a huge fight the next morning. So I'm like trying, I'm the only one getting rest. He comes in and he w- bangs on my door and wakes me up and says, Schaub, get up. And I was like, what's up, Kimbo? He goes, we got a, we got a problem out here. This dude's fucking shitting on our people. And he goes, shitting on our people. He goes, he's out here throwing the N-word around. We got to go fuck him up. Let's go get him. And he goes, I confused, I very like uh, confusingly looked at Kimbo and went, you know, I'm not black, right? And he went, you ain't? <laughs> and then he goes, and then Shab goes, when I hear him walking out of the, uh, out of the room, I hear him saying to the other guys, that's why I like Shab. You don't know what the fuck he is. Shab's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like I, I watched a lot of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Good Times growing up, but I don't know if that qualifies me. <laughs> right. Dude, but Shab, you look at him, he looks like he's freaking Latino or something. Yeah, for sure. But he's Italian, his mom's English, and his dad's Italian and English German. Mom. Yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy like, What the fuck? Yeah. So Mail his man. brother's like his brother looks all white. The, his big brother looks all white. Yeah. But he I'm I mean, you know, he has a he has another great story of uh Shab does of his last fight when he fought Travis Brown. It's yep. it's if you can look it's it up on, on his YouTube, uh, it's on yeah it's on his um his uh um uh, what do they call that his uh special his comedy special yeah ah. really funny he he's he's hilarious trans- I love too like when they talk and and I did want to bring this up speaking of like power to the people in the internet when they bring up like like comics there are tons of comics on on the fighter and the kid and and uh, King and the Sting and all those podcasts shout out love them. But mm-hmm. they have a ton of comedians on there, and they're all saying, it's like, dude, back in the day, you worried about getting on The Tonight Show, and you worried about Carson and Leno and all that stuff. Now, no one gives a flying fuck. When, if they, they all said, like, if they had the choice between The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon or, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, or going on The Fighter and the Kid, all of them are choosing The Fighter and the Kid because no one's watching the TV. It's all the internet. Nope. Oh, it is. Well, I think there, there was like a trend because yeah, it was like TV back in the day, and then Stern was the guy. Stern made all the yes. comedians. Then it was like Opie and Anthony; they made all the comedians. Yeah. And now it's Rogan and Rogan and anybody yeah. associated with Rogan. Like they're he's the guy now. That Agreed. if you're a comedian, yep. you get on that podcast and you're going to make it. Number one show in the world. Rogan and, is the number and, uh, one show in the world. 
and they actually laughed at um when he says when he goes because obviously Shab lives in LA and he's like you know I get a lot of offers in Hollywood and stuff and then they tell me they're like hey this is we're gonna need you for a week to shoot this in like a movie or something to shoot the scenes and here's what you're gonna get paid and he goes I look at my agent and I go I'm not not doing my show for this and they go yeah, yeah, but it's only a podcast. He goes, because these old idiot agents don't realize the money that's yeah. paid. He goes, <laughs> I look over it. and I go, I go, you see, I go, you see the, the check you just pushed over here? I make five times that in one hour on one of my podcasts. I do three a day. He's like, yeah. get this shit out of my face. Yeah. Well, Good. you know who actually got Rogan to, to, to take it that seriously? Because originally Rogan was one of those guys who was like, oh, it's just a podcast. And he was doing a spare room. Tom Green, time, baby. It was Adam Carolla. He went oh, on the Adam Carolla yeah. show, and Adam had built his own studio. And he's like, "Oh, you're actually no, 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 no. you're yeah. wrong." Tom Green no? was the first podcaster that that got Rogan into it. Yeah, yeah, watch really? it. Tom Green. Oh, yeah, he, so Tom I Green thought, like, yeah. did one, and he was he was like literally a show from like uh, I guess it was 15 years ago, and Rogan sitting in there going, "What is this thing called?" And he's going, "A, a podcast." And he's and this is when Tom Green was big, like humping dead mooses yeah. and shit. <laughs> so he's looking around, he's like. And he's like, wait, you can just say whatever the fuck you want. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, and there's no like oversight. And he goes, literally, that was my inspiration for starting. Now, uh, Adam Carolla helped him take it to another level by kind of that, giving him some guidance. Yeah. But yeah, he got what, the yeah, idea like, so, yeah, Tom he, Green. Tom so Green got him into it. Both. And then Carolla is the one that like put the professionalism. Like, Look, you don't want, you want have a, yeah, okay. you don't want yes. the, t- the computer at your couch. You want to have a studio. Yep. That way you don't have to rely on subscriptions. You bring in the advertisers and they're like, oh, this guy's taking it seriously. He yep. has a real shop. We want to yeah. work with this guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, that's fat. Yep. I mean, like, could you imagine what the world would be like? Like, I believe the Joe Rogan show makes the world a better place with like his messages and everything he says on there. He is this, he's just a fucking man, you know? Like, did you see the Gable? Did you, did you guys see the Dan Gable episode? Of course. I did course. watch, oh, yeah, I did listen to the Gable. God, so good. And even if it, yeah. Even if it doesn't help change the world, it at least makes me a better person. I swear to God, I feel better after listening <laughs> to the show. Gives you gives you different perspectives that you're not used to. Yeah. Hence working perspective. Anyway, gives you a different perspective that you know people people have a different people have a different take on things. And you know, nowadays in this climate, which is sad, people can't yeah. listen to other people and realize no, like everybody's different. And just because you see something different has zero to do with my respect for you or the yeah. way i treat you that's you the good know? thing about rogan he does he does from any side of the aisle whatever he's talking about he always kind of gets different voices in there you know like he doesn't really yeah. care yes. he's like hey, if you have something interesting to say he wants to hear it and, and go yeah. back and forth shab shab yeah. says all the time that you should see the list of people that he says no to because everybody wants to get on there and he goes yeah. you're not interesting to joe joe doesn't care if you have, like he'll bring scientists on that i've never even heard of anybody's heard of and people yeah. are like why is he and joe's like no he knows something super interesting that i think the world should hear and he's like, and then they're like, you know, you, he's like, you look at his DMs and, or whatever, and you see these A-list actors trying to get on. And Joe's like, oh. yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't think you bring anything to the table. So no, <laughs> like you reject some people that shop was like, you just shake your head. Like Jesus Christ. He doesn't need it though. He doesn't like, dude, nope. could you, could you imagine like when it comes to the actual interview, that is a skill. Howard Stern as an actual interviewer. Great. He is like Great. almost untouchable as the best, right? Yeah. Untouchable. He, I agree. Agree. When he went to did what did he go? Sirius or XM, right? Sirius. He, yeah, he went to Sirius XM. That ruined his shit, man. Right? Like, had he not done that, he's still number one. You know. Well, you know what? I I think some guys need like they 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 won't admit it, but like writers need editors, podcasters, and radio guys need producers because otherwise mm-hmm. you just keep thinking you know what you think, but like you know you need that other guy like pushing back and be like, look, yeah, you beat this bit to death like over the past week. Let's move on to something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. 
Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent, hundred percent agreed. You do need, it is like a collaborative kind of thing, but I would say, man, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thankful that Rogan, I'm like, I'm not like, I am thankful that he does it. And like the the shit he was saying on the Gable episode about cancel culture. And like, they're the kind of, that's the kind of worst people. And I love that part. I was so, I was so, (laughs) so thrilled that he says that. Gable tried to be all political correct and just Dan Gable who's a great he was like well Joe I I feel the same way you do and I'm happy you're saying it because Joe's like no Dan that guy that said you used the wrong gender term is an asshole that's all he is he's an asshole yeah he's a piece of shit because he thinks because yeah he has he thinks he can say something yeah the dude he thinks he has a voice because of because online and keyboard tough guys now that they feel like because nobody's ever going up to Dan goddamn Gable and going you know what? I think you, you shouldn't use him or her. He's going to be like, excuse me? Yeah. No, what they do is they call it the provost of the University of Iowa and try and get him in trouble. That's the thing. <laughs> That's exactly it. What fucking what twats. Yeah, man. Agreed. <laughs> Perfect word for him. Bunch of fucking fucking twats. Uh, and just, Steve, are we going to, is Jones going to fight in Ghana at heavyweight this year? Or do you think it's happening? Because that's, that's the fight I've been waiting for forever. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen because of I saw. Uh, so I right away went hard with the Jones thing after uh, the fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people yeah. were like, oh, you know, Jones is there. Blah, blah, blah. Two things. One, people don't realize how big John Jones is and how he barely yeah. made 205 his whole career. I'm like, it's not yeah. like just look at his brothers. And, if he doesn't want to oh, cut weight, he God. can become <laughs> monster. Uh, yeah. Well, what he can't become is a Hall of Fame left tackle, but he could become <laughs> that size. <laughs> Yeah, Talk about yeah. a family, Hall of Fame, oh, Super Bowl yeah, champions yeah, yeah. as brothers. And then he's the world, the best fighter the world's ever seen. Anyway, he uh, yeah. two things. One, he was like, people, one, are worried about, you know, me going up with size and weight and everything else. He's like, do you, you guys do understand that I've beaten the shit out of every guy my size on the planet. So the only thing I train with are heavyweights. And Brendan Schaub was one who trained with him and was like, years oh, yeah. ago, before, he was like, when he was younger and making 205 easily, he was beating the shit out of me, Shane Carwin, all these team elevation guys out in Colorado that are world, world level. He's yeah. like, it wasn't and even, also, I, wasn't I, I even close. The, I think the Cormier, the Jones, uh, the, the, when Cormier, when Jones first beat him, I think, like, because Cormier's kind of old. He got into the game late, but I think that Cormier yeah. beats any heavyweight that's ever fought. Because you agree. saw like, what he did this type in the first match. It's just I now agree. he doesn't have the gas tanking hit. So I'm like, if Jones can beat that guy, he can beat anybody. I agree. Plus, and then plus he, two, and he took, he took, and he him took down. that guy down. Yes, yeah. took an yeah, he took him down. down. He's a fucking Olympian. Yeah. Oh, he would have been a medalist if he didn't. You heard his thing. He he uh, yeah. cut too hard. Well, his yeah, fucking organ shut down, and he had to uh, pull out of the Olympics. Jesus. I think he got a bronze medal, a bronze medal at the Worlds of the year before. So like he was, he, he was up there. He was, he with was those guys. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And then the other yeah. thing is, uh, I heard him on um, as funny as this is, I can't believe I'm saying this on a Steve O podcast. Hey, All right, yeah. Steve O <laughs> is uh, good, man. Steve O was talking to him, and Steve O, the reason why, like, I, I mean, his voice is kind of annoying for me, but I, I love the yeah. fact that he's, he's, uh, you know, doing well for himself now, and he's also yeah. balls deep in the fighting. Like, this kid loves it, right? Yeah. He was laughing, saying how he was going to stay neutral because uh, if Dana hears this, he doesn't want Dana to not let him or pay for him to go to the fights for free anymore. <laughs> and John was laughing, but John's big thing was, look, uh, when everybody moved up, like when DC went up to heavyweight, when anybody goes up to heavyweight, where there's, we're dealing with, like, he goes at two five, you get hit, you get hurt. You get hit in the heavyweight, you die. Like, these guys hit way harder than anything. He's like, so, of course, your pay scale goes up. And he's like, and this is going to be the biggest fight in the world. I know I'm under contract. There's no way on this planet I'm fighting for what I'm under contract for. There's no way. He goes, there has to be an increase. And if there isn't, he goes, "There's. I don't care then. I don't care. He's like, do I want to fight? I do. But at this point in my career, 
and fighting someone as dangerous as Ngano who can kill yeah. a person, yeah. you're goddamn yeah. right. You're paying me more. But dude, you, it, don't, you don't think Dana's gonna? The, you don't think Dana will agree to the to the I buy your payday or? I I I, I, I don't dude, think it'll Dana, be the biggest he has fight. To, but I know it'll be bigger than than McGregor Diaz. It'll be bigger than McGregor Aldo. Like this will be the biggest fight in the UFC in the last ten years. And the other thing is, people are sleeping on Jones, thinking that you know he looked somewhat beatable against uh, 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 Reyes, Reyes and like uh, his other his last like two fights. The yeah. problem is, like you said, he's fighting guys that. He could beat this dude. He he beat DC while doing coke three days before the fight. The yeah. night before the fight with hookers, he beats DC. It's like a Hall of Fame. He's too successful. That was like Steve. Did you watch the NCAA's this year? Uh huh. Of course. That kid from Spencer Lee majors his My way guy. through the tournament. Everyone was like, yeah. There was like, oh, he doesn't look that good. I'm like, yeah, he's that good to where if he's not pinning or attacking someone, and someone's like, and there was something wrong. Unbelievable. With his ACL, but you're like, yeah, like okay. That's the thing with Jones. Like he's been so good for so long. When he has a close fight, people like, "Oh, he's losing it." You're like, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he's not entitled to have a close fight every once in a while. Yeah. That's the only thing I, I really think that that ever, obviously the fight's the biggest money one, and Dana loves money, so that does give me a little hope. But he is mm-hmm. a petty person. Actually, I, I say that like I know from the outside it seems yeah. that way. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> but he's uh, yeah. he, him and Jones go back and forth, and I don't think I think he wants to try to set a. Uh, Kind of like an example, like, no, Jones, you fucked me over before when you were getting in trouble. Like, why do you think I should bend over for you? One of those things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping but that he's also, happen. but he's also a businessman, right? Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. does like this fight is what's the biggest best fight for ever. business. The it's biggest what's fight best ever. for business, man. And he's, but a, it's a game is, of chicken. Maybe he thinks that the other guy's going to blink first. You know, he's like, you know, he, they need the money more than he needs the money or, or whatever it is. And I will say, I was, I was 100% sure that uh, Ngano had zero chance versus Jones. Zero. <laughs> now that I've seen him actually sprawl, and, re- and yeah. it was a pretty decent sprawl. He had the fucking, you know, he had his shoelaces to the mat, exactly perfect technique, hips in. Then also proceeded to spin, get a seatbelt, and then lay some heavy hooks. I was like, oh, he Jesus. actually has been, because he's been working with Usman. Hey, so he's I'm got like, the skills. You could tell. Yeah, he's been working with Usman, who's obviously a national champion wrestler. Yeah. That's the thing with Ngano is you got to get him to the deep border because that that amount mm-hmm. of size, that amount of muscle mass, it's you always going to carry. Yeah, exactly. You can't carry past three rounds. That, that's yep, how you're going to beat him. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, but easier said than done. That's for easier. Sure. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All and right. just like just like the Jake Paul fight too, who, which I thought I was very confident that he has no shot on this planet to win. Now, and the more I get into you, it, and the more I watch it. I'm yeah. scared. I'm I'm worried. I'm worried. You, for, either, uh, either win or lose, win or lose for Jake Paul and Askren. This fight's a victory just because of the world is talking about yes. a YouTuber versus a retired fighter, right? Yep. Like, yeah, it's come a also, long time from bum fights, dude. Yep. And then like, long you gotta, way. Yeah, and you got to think too of like what this does. Like, there's got to be some behind the scenes shit. Like, this must have done leaps and bounds. Like, even for Askren's wife who gained like like a hundred thousand followers overnight when Jake Paul said she was thick. You know what I'm did saying? Did you see like, did you see what Jake Paul <laughs> so on Jake on Jake Paul's um uh, I think it was either his Twitter or Instagram or something like that. One of the two they were talking about it on Rogan. He literally follows one human and it's Askard's wife. <laughs> How funny. How I funny thought, is that? See, these kids are fucking hilarious. That's fucking hysterical. Come on. That's fucking hilarious. I love as that. much that's, as much that's as much so as great. people as much as people want to hate on those two uh, they're, for where they're, they're at, which obviously, uh, like, Shab says, of course. And Shab has uh, seen him and knows him, like, personally has a relationship with him. And he's like, oh, no, again, people think, like, oh, all they do is make video. He goes, 
no, they're they're not where they're at by accident. He goes, these kids have a full production team. Like when they do shit, yeah. they do it the most professional. Like you have this isn't. I know it looks like some random act or some random skit. He's like, it's like a movie scene. They have so many professionals around them making sure this shit comes out right. He's like, this is no accident where they're at. Yeah. They do this the right what way. The, yeah. There's a lot of gel. I think like you know because everyone has it in the back of their mind like, oh, I could do this or I could do that. Uh, but yep. and then you see somebody actually doing it. And but you know you have to put in the work to do it. And you got to respect Agreed. it at the end of the day. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, don't don't we know it? So yeah. all right. So uh, okay. So look, this is okay. So this is great. So uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Like we said, Steve Cabot Part One st- is available on all pa- podcast platforms and YouTube right now. Steve Cabot Part Two will be released next Tuesday and available on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. Find us on Spotify at The Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. And you can follow us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. <laughs> if you'd like to be a guest on the show and go through the approval process with the PAAA, then you can hit us up at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Other than that, uh, party in your pants, Pete. You got anything you want to say to the Pete before we roll out? Just uh, get, get your drink on this weekend, people. This is going to be the craziest Woo! summer of our lives. Goddamn Woo! right. Goddamn right. <laughs> Stu Baines, what do you got I don't to know. Say? I, don't, I don't know if uh, you two fellas know this, but I'm trying to join the crowd, as you can see, while I'm stuffing my face as we record this like an asshole. Um, <laughs> it's a thick boy summer. I don't know if you guys heard Brendan Shaw, but it's a thick boy summer. So uh, <laughs> beef up. Beef up. Beef up. Hey, that's what we, hey, you don't have to tell us that, brother. I wrestle. I know. I'm getting there with heavyweight. We both so had I'm, to cut to make weight. I, I might have been able to wrestle heavyweight if I didn't suck 4,000 pounds like a complete asshole. No, that's yeah. like I, I threw my back out again this week, and I told the doctor, and he's like, so you're still fat? I'm like, yeah, thanks. Thanks, doc. That's the, uh, the prognosis. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? You're like, pussy, yeah, yeah. how much core strength thunder? Never mind. What the fuck? Yeah, I threw my back out humping your wife. Yeah. <laughs> She's the only person I follow on Instagram. <laughs> oh. You see, you see Pete get pissed off and grab two full kegs and throw each one over his shoulder and yeah, go up yeah. steps with it. You're like, ah, oh, ne- never mind. His back's that, okay. that should be a story. That should be a segment, too. The times I've seen Pete pissed off. It'd only be like three segments, but they're yeah. fucking hilarious. It's a scary stories. time. Oh, it's terrifying. So... All right, so let's do this. Uh, okay, so this has been another We Working Perspectives podcast weekend popping. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by Party Boy, Party in Your Pants, Pete McCormick, <laughs> and our good man, Stu Bam, Steve Cabot. Uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms, YouTube. Well, you know the gimmick. Uh, stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's 
www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.